543 Live. You're now watching Two Old Farts Making Noises. Hey, welcome to the remote show with Michael Arturo. You must be calling as you've heard about our new web app launch. We're pretty excited about it too. Leave us your name, number, and the best time to call, and we'll follow up and answer any inquiries you may have. Have a great day. All right, gentlemen. Well, we're back on the remote show, as we are every Friday. And this one will be a, a quick show, but we've got some good topics on uh, AI, which we'll, I'll bring up in just a moment before we talk about street cred and the importance of having references and having a, having a public image for, uh, for at least some jobs out there. Cool. Very nice. Okay. And now we have to bring the two old farts in, I guess, too, right? So Back on you. two old farts. Good to see you, Stephen. Good to see you, good, David. Good to see you. Yes, well, apologies to everybody for a little bit of a late start, if people were, you know. But, uh, we got it. Yeah, we got so it. Well, some of the issues of working remotely is not everything works how it should work. So. That's right. There are always there are always glitches, and that actually adds to the uh, to the fun of it, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you see it that way. So where do you want to start on yeah. street creds, references, or AI? Yeah. Well, well, I had I had to bring up AI because that's the big that's the big topic in the tech world right now because people are using that Chat GPT to actually do uh, reports, to do their assignments, to do articles, and it's doing a pretty good. Pretty decent job, it seems like, for some people anyway. Well, not only that, but there, today in the Financial Times, there was an article about um, there's a fund out of Toronto that just raised $550 million for AI-related things. And the, and the and the chat, whatever, IBMOUSE, we've signed up for that too here. And yep. I've had people that I know that have used it, and they love it. They think it's the coolest thing in the planet. So, um, yeah. And basically, it's going to do your own works. And there was an article on Monday in the Financial Times that talked about now universities have to figure it out That's right. because they're not sure who's writing the paper. And I was talking to someone at the dog park who goes to university, and they said that the teacher literally got asked one of the students that he use it or not. And he said, I would have given you an A and not known if you would have changed a few of the words because I guess the computer writes very stoic. Right, and, that's, and that's right. not how people write. And so the teacher said to the student, "If you would have just changed maybe like ten percent, I would have never known." And so <laughs> I think what's going to happen is people getting their whatever degree, master's, doctorate, even bachelor's, that the right papers are going to learn that you can change a few words, and your teacher will never know. Which goes back to, they kids aren't going to learn. They're going to learn how to cheat. They're not going to learn how to actually do things. Well, is it cheating? I mean, or is it just? I mean, it, it was considered to be cheat cheating when I was at technical school. Um, if you had a calculator, mm. you know, when I first went to, I studied construction, and the okay. thing where you had to use was a slide rule, um, which but I, you, you know, but you and still, then, and then all of a sudden basics, we had right? calculators. Right, but you still have to use the base. You still have to understand the basics, and I think what's happening. Yeah, like, but, I may not be the best writer, and I will write. But I mean, if I'm just going to go into my AI and go, hey, I want to write oh, blah, 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 it. and I'm not writing anymore, you know, like I'm not punctuating, yeah. I'm not whatever, the computer's doing it for me. So at some well, point, you're not even putting thought. Right. The you're not putting it. So the thing with the, it's a good analogy with the, the calculator, but the difference is people are using it to actually uh, imitate actual thought, actual, right. some sort of critical thinking or some sort of deduction. And that's, obviously a problem because they're not really doing 
the work. The, the question then is, what is the real work that we're really looking for? What's that human element balanced yeah. with how, because you can do some of the marketing speak with AI. Yeah. Well, uh, you do a lot of, a lot of uh, repetitive uh, support, tech support with AI. You know, so yeah, but that's, then, a, that's annoying though, because when the AI keeps asking you the same question, wrong. I'm like, I want to talk to a human and it's like, what would you like to do? And then no, I but, start swearing but this at is, it this is, it goes, I don't understand. So yeah, that's like, but, it's, but this is, this is a step right. further. I mean, we're talking about it as if it's like, you know, like, like, well, bam, it's only just happened, but this has been creeping yeah. up on us for the last years. five years, you know, have been around it, for a decade. It's 2001 Space Odyssey. It's just how. And what's really interesting about how, and my friend told me this, if you take how, right, you remember the computer in 2001, mm -hmm. how, H-A-L. Everyone should know you, that. Yeah. Right, if you move one letter forward, what's it spell? What's the, oh, what's, the, no, 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 no. Oh. How? What's it? What comes after H? What comes after A? What comes oh, after a. L? What, what company does that spell out? Oh, IBM, yeah. IBM. Yeah. So it's Which very. They're doing money. great stuff on quantum computing. I don't know too much about their AI efforts. I would think that the, the fact that Microsoft is incorporating AI into their entire office suite. That, that's brilliant. Really ubiquitous. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's I mean, I was talking to Stephen about this, and I, I couldn't find it. I saw it on LinkedIn. I meant to tag it, and I didn't. I meant to send it to Stephen, but I didn't. Um, this one guy, and it's been resonating in my head and driving Stephen crazy because I keep sending him stuff. And the guy said, it's a Google it's a Google buster. Why would we need Google to, right. to, to offer us the first 10 things which, have, which are um, – advert generated and then we get the answer when this you know the uh this this new wave of ai is going to give us the exact answer that we want when we want it and if you well, put that into a into an office suite into a working environment it's I mean, like ai is going to be talking to itself is the problem because now every if well, they, they stopped that didn't they because they had they had facebook had that they pulled the plug on that because they had two computers that were communicating with each I other and then they had they started to communicate in a language which no technician had ever seen before and it, it rapidly expanded as they as they developed their own language and spoke to each other and then somebody said, well, we better pull the plug out on this because I think that, you know, I think they're having the, 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 the thoughts of the Terminator were, were, were mm -hmm. <laughs> <so the laughs> Skynet and everything else was going back to everybody. So, yeah, freaky stuff. Yeah. So it kind, but, of, it, it kind of ties into the you're talking about the using AI for customer support. Right. As a reminder, we'll be doing the show with uh, with Brittany Hodak for Superfans uh, the week of February 7th. So. That'll be coming up. We had to move that to that week, but uh, that'll be a topic of discussion because like we were saying, customer support, customer experience is really important. And AI still doesn't quite do it when you have a really well-trained and, and very professional. Uh, I will tell you, and here we go. T-Mobile is going to owe me money again. When, yeah. At least when I call T-Mobile and they go, what are you calling for? And I go, customer service, the AI T-Mobile says, okay. And then they connect me to it. They don't ask me five hundred questions. Yeah, they but don't I think do whatever. But so yeah, I, get I think that's a happy compromise. That's yeah. a happy compromise because I think a lot of people say, "Do you do you want to go through this?" Because it used to be like 
you know, is it is it red? Is it blue? Right. Pull this lever, ring that bell. That was a really mm -hmm. simple stuff when the, right. the chatbots first came out. Drove right. everybody crackers because at the end of the day, you know, you you ended up talking to somebody. But there is a wealth of maybe a little bit more now sophisticated data mm -hmm. that you can um, find out for yourself before you need the necessity arrives that you actually need to speak to somebody. And That's the right. people who need to speak to somebody can, you know, maybe have to wait a little bit longer to do that. So you'll have a group but, of people who have customer support instantly and other people who prefer to wait. But the good customer service companies, I like when they go, you know, the wait's 10 minutes. Would you like us to call you back and you punch in oh, your yeah. phone number? Those are good customer service. The problem is, is that companies today just look at customers as, a, as a, like crap, as far as I'm concerned. They look at like a piece of shit. It's the customer. It's like, and that's, I always go to T-Mobile. T-Mobile, if the wait's longer than five minutes, will say, would you like us to call you back? And I go, yes. They say, mm -hmm. punch in your number. I punch it in. They call me. Perfect. Other companies like the wait's 35 minutes. And you and sit there and you have to wait. And I'm like, you're going to make me wait for this? Yeah. And I don't, I don't think they appreciate me then as a customer. So I think part of it is there are certain companies that value their customers and there's certain ones that don't because they're the only game in town and they're a behemoth, like a Facebook, if you will, or a meta, like you, you're screwed. It's like Amazon. Like if calling Amazon, at least now, if you know them, if you can find the number, which I did a long time ago, if I had a problem, I call them customers, uh, the computer will go, what do you need? I told them I need a refund. I need this to be replaced or whatever. And it gets me there. But finding that number on their site is an event. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, not everybody wants to use a chat bot. Not everybody wants to use email. Some people just want to talk to someone and get it feel better and get it resolved. And yeah. it's it, but, 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 you, easy number though. But, yeah, but, I, but again, but if you automate you, if you automate an aspect of that, mm -hmm. then that's going to affect your bottom line, isn't it? Straight away, because you're going to be able to help a, a, a whole right. load of people who would be clogging up the, the you know the the, the one on ones. Right. For simple stuff, yeah. I'm okay with AI helping me. But yeah. for something that's intricate, I want customer service. And I said this uh, to someone um, a couple months ago, the state of New York's customer service to me on a scale to one to 10 is a 50. The state of New York has the best customer service for the finance side, for their corporate side. Mm -hmm. Anytime I've ever called the state of New York with a question, the people are the most patient, the nicest true, people. Yeah. And Florida and Texas, the states, their customer service for different aspects as well. They're mm -hmm. very helpful. They did the, they walk you through. So it, it's it some states, not yeah. so much, but those, but like when I have to call the state of New York for something, I'm like, I'm okay with that. If I have to call the state of Florida, I'm okay with that. If I have to call the state of Texas, I'm a, because they're all very nice. I've called other states where they're like, they're acting like they're doing me a favor or yeah. cities act like they're doing me a favor. But those three specific states, because we deal in those a lot, when we call them, they're the nicest. I'm like, you know, it's like, you guys are great. It's like you just, you, they can't do enough for you. And which I think Doesn't is cool. slightly, think slightly contradict the statement that you made earlier, Stephen, where you said that, you know, the, the, the lady you spoke to or the student that you spoke to at the, at the dog park mm -hmm. the, um, said, you know, they could have got an A yeah. um, if they hadn't have owned up to it. So, right. so you know, at what stage um, do we become annoyed or, or, or unaware that it was that we're not actually communicating with somebody? Mm. Because I, I, I've, I've been online with people who've walked me through stuff, right, in right. tech support, and it's all done via the chatbot. You know, I put some stuff right. in, 
and it's been like those really early computer right. games where you know I turn left, go right. left, I turn right, I go right. But at what, at what stage then is it? Is yeah, are we not going to give all you know AI and A plus for the com for company service? I'm yeah. okay with giving. I'm like I'm okay if AI can actually. And it's like, you know, with the meta computer where they were talking to each other, if it can mm -hmm. think, and most of it can at this point with quantum relativity coming into play, if an AI can be interact with me like a person, I know we're heading there. Like I know how in 2001, we're going to be there. We're, we're literally becoming a society where we don't want to talk to people. We want to talk to our computers. And, but, so we know we're going to get there. Whether we get there tomorrow or in 10 years, we're getting there. And I'm okay with that. Well, and Tesla's putting I, that robot in every building that robot, right? right? Well, Tesla, that's a, Tesla, Tesla's a Ponzi scheme. So whatever they do, I don't believe anything <laughs> they do. And plus, everything they do, they're stealing allegedly from patents 100 years ago. So whatever he's doing, I could give a shit. But you know, you've got the Sony robot dog, um, Abo or whatever it's called, mm -hmm. right? That's AI, cool dog. You've got robots that are in Japan that you can buy. I remember back in the 80s, Neiman Marcus on their Christmas calendar, you could have bought a robot that would serve you cocktails and talk to you and get stuff from the refrigerator. It's like 25 grand. So we're there. The problem is, is it was too expensive. And now with technology, once the chip shortage and COVID's crap is all taken mm -hmm. care of, everything's going to come down and it will be... I don't care if you make a dollar or you make a billion dollars, you'll have a robot, whatever your, whether your robot is in your laptop or your phone, because it's AI, or you'll have a little, you know, beep up, boop up that's running around. And I think that's where we're headed as a society because people don't want to interact anymore. People don't do what we're doing with well, a dialogue. The, or well, what, maybe about, what about you, Michael? Does the AI give you more, heebie -jeebies? Maybe it makes it work more valuable. And it, it doesn't give me the heebie-jeebies. It actually makes me think, this is, this is part of the adaptation of work that we have to adapt to figure out how will we interact with artificial intelligence. And it makes us ask the hard question is, what is my value to the economy, to the workplace, to my None. organization? Where None. do we as humans actually fit? None. We don't fit anywhere because look what they did in <laughs> Detroit when they retooled all the factories and all the car plants with robots. They let hundreds of thousands of employees go. The, I mean, now unless you're at Ferrari or Rolls-Royce or Bugatti, where they still make, or parts of Porsche, where they make cars by hand or, you know, Bugattis. Most car companies, humans are, are not, not worth yeah. anything. That's right. And so I think you as a, as a human yeah, being- Yeah, but is that a good or a bad thing, Stephen? Well, let me, you let know, me finish. So I think the governments are going to have to- The governments are going to have to figure out what you do now, because you can't just have- a 7 billion people and only 10% working That's because right. the other 90% is all manual or whatever. Like pretty soon they're going to drive buses and cabs and play. So what do you do with all these people? Either you're going to have to do some sort of universal, like everybody's going to make a million dollars a year and keep prices level, or you're going to have anarchy. And then to go to your point of Skynet, computers talking to each other are going to be like humans are useless. We can get rid of them and run ourselves. So, and then Don't we have to imagine a different future than that, though. I mean, it's up to us to imagine. Well, what's the because that is the that is all the sci-fi. Right. That's what I think. That I think that sci-fi is more correct than anything we're going to imagine. I think the computers now are smarter, and they can like this thing with Meta. I think they already know. I think it's a matter of time. You know, when there's always a glitch and there's always this and there's always. I think at some point 
the computers are. And as one of my friends used to say, he says, who's to say that we're not a computer, meaning the human body, right? We just know this <laughs> yeah, to be true. Uh, 10,000 years from now, a million years from now, the computers of today could be us. And you have yeah. to think, like, could we be. don't know, right? And that's a whole nother and, that's, and I think most of the people watching the show are really thinking, how am I going to get a job tomorrow? That's, right. <laughs> which is, which is a fair, which is a fair consideration. And I think we'll just end on the, uh, we'll just wrap up the, the conversation in the last few minutes here with the idea of street cred, which is right. the idea that having references on LinkedIn, like we talked about last time and references from real people right. in who you've worked with are, and maybe even putting public public projects that you've worked on online, on your portfolio online. Uh, people who are in uh, marketing, for example, they should have their portfolio of work. If you're in sales, you should have evidence to say what you've been able to sell. Right. Um, the idea of street cred, what do you guys think about that? How important is that to the people that you've hired? How important is that to know that it's not just what they're saying about you, but it's what other people say about you? Yeah, I don't care what people say about you. to do that. Yeah, see, I don't care what people say. I'm not one of those guys. I look at, like I said, we've talked about this. I want to look yeah. at your CV. I want to have a dialogue with you. And you're either going to do it or you're not. Because what you just did at your last company doesn't mean you can do it at my company. And mm -hmm. the bullshit that people put on LinkedIn and their street cred, that's all crap. At the end of the day, it's like, what are you going to do when you come in and do stuff for us? Like, what's going to get you to that yeah, but level? I, what do we need to help I, I think the issue there, then, uh, Stephen, is... is um, you know, you're looking at it from employing somebody, but somebody mm -hmm. who's trying to get a job is just trying to work out, you know, how many plates can I keep spinning, right. and you know, and, and how how can I demonstrate that I can keep spinning all those plates mm -hmm. to to, mm -hmm. a, to to a potential employer. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm a bit like you. Yeah, I mean, I used to have people give me CVs, and I said, oh, "Great," you know, and I, I I just put them down because I wasn't particularly interested in it, you know, within. And then they have this like this this proof period they have here. It used to be three months in Holland. Now I think it's a month. I think mm. Jesus, guys, if you don't know, uh, you know, if the guy's any good or the lady's any good within four weeks, then you shouldn't be in, you shouldn't be in a position to employ people in the first place. Right. right. So mm. you know, I, yeah, I read that. I, I read to street cred on your on your notes, your pre pre notes. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was just sorry guys, just too American for me. Street cred. <laughs> That's true. Too. That might be. You know, I mean, you know, I just thought, well, if you if there's an advert, I go to the job, I get evaluated there. Um, well, this, that, show, that's all this, is, that's this all shows why it's so important. So this this shows maybe why it's so important. That, and I, I am, as I'm developing the course, one of the things that I've talked about is how important it is to set yourself apart and actually talk about what you're going to do for the target job yeah. that you're going for and show yeah. your creativity, show your efforts, show the things that gear toward the company that you're looking for, the job you're looking for, the things they care about, because that's what you're there to do. You're there to further their mission. So, uh, yeah. so it, and I it, think, it and I think the street cred thing is like which references back in the day, you know, you give references and everybody says they're yeah, they're great, they're wonderful because you're not going to give someone who's not right. right. You can't really call an right. employee; they can't say anything. Well, you're not allowed to. to. Assume, right? You're not allowed to. So, but, but by so, law, so street, in, in Europe anyway, you're not allowed to give a bad is, reference. In, so. in the United States, is the same thing. So I think yeah. it's more a if you look at someone's CV and you like them, you're like, you know what, you would be good at this. And you speak to them, you're like, you know what, I got a good feel. 
Worst mm-hmm. case scenarios, they don't do the job and you can get rid of them. Best case scenarios, you made the right choice. It's nothing more than a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. Um, just because someone on LinkedIn goes, he was wonderful or she was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. Like, I don't know you. I don't know what bullshit you're like spewing for me. I mm-hmm. I, I need to know the person. And I find it yeah. the best hires we've ever made are people that are just like here. And we're like, we talk to them, we're like, they have that passion. And I think the problem is the 14-year-olds who are the hiring managers of today, they don't have a clue. They don't know how to interact, yeah. number one. Like, they don't know how to talk to anybody. They don't have- That's a real concern. All, to go back yeah, to your AI, they all use like, send me a video, fill out this question. Why don't you call me and spend five minutes with me and learn who I am? And know right away. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how- if, if you have that intuition, that assumes they have that intuition. But I think but it's don't. interesting, Michael, that you want to add that to your course because I, I, for me, that would be really uh, one interesting. Of, uh, prime reason, prime reason why I would want to take the course is to teach me how to sell the company I want to work for to mm-hmm. the company I want to work for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, 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 how how do I how do I find out about the company? How do I find out what they do? Yes. What they do, and then go and because. You know, the HR, uh, HR person, you're going to say to them, do you enjoy working there? You know, the standard right. questions. They're always right. going to say yes. Well, they say no, it's a crap job. They're going right. to say that, no, are they? That's true. But, but yeah. if you really want to get them excited, you think, oh, wow, this guy knew a lot about this, this guy. This, well, this, that's in this, the this, chapter this, this on, on winning. That's on the chapter on winning because the idea is once, you, once you're toward you're winning the job, how do you set yourself apart in your resume, in your LinkedIn, right. in your job interview? And then once you've got it, how do you set yourself apart when you actually have the job as a remote worker, which is a different challenge than if you're in the office every day? And so yeah. those tips, I think we've, we've covered just a few of those, but just the idea of picking up the phone, making yourself visible in the, in the organization, being proactive and volunteering for, to solve problems that, are, that you see that maybe others don't see, especially in that first year, because you have a different perspective than anybody else who's who's been there for many years. You just have mm-hmm. just that fresh look that other people might not have. So, yeah. And I think we should, because you have to go soon. So yeah. I think we should end here and we yeah. should pick this up next Friday yeah. and actually touch on this a little more. We can start with the AI and do this all over again, but we can touch on how do you bring in a fresh, uh, rewind that when my teeth get paid for it. How do you bring in a fresh perspective as a new employee? I think that would yeah, be that's, really cool. that'd be a great that dialogue. So, Michael, right. thank you so much. We know you got to vote. Everybody, Michael will be back every Friday. And on the, and on the, we'll have to figure out what Friday that is. And two Fridays from today, we have Brittany on, who wrote the book Superfan. And if you haven't read it, we have. It's very cool. You should read it. Um, it's really bringing all the old school stuff to a new focus of what it is today and what it actually means. So it's very cool. Nice. David, do we have an ending for Michael's show? Always. Always. Okay, all right. It. Look at this. You have to be quiet for this. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen it. <laughs> I love discussing the world of remote work and how to be the best remote worker in the digital age. And I want you to be a part of it. If you have a particular topic you'd like to discuss, email me at michael at bendicoot.com. That's B-E-N-D-I-C-O-O-T.com. See you next time. Oh, these are the best parts of the credits here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's one more. This is the copy written by our... I see that, man. Oh, wait. It's by... Oh, good.